get off of me, you know, and he's just annoyed. And, and it kind of goes for the whole entire season, as you explain. It's just like, that's kind of how the Lakers feel about this season. It's just like. Welcome to the Sports Forecasters Podcast. Thank you for tuning in today. This podcast has been created not to dwell and over-evaluate what has already happened in the sports world, but to predict and to forecast what has yet to come. From game picks to draft picks, and from trades to free agent signings, we will let you know what happens before it happens. Your hosts, Nick and Nate, will evaluate, study, and understand sports patterns, tendencies, and nuances to better prepare you on what to expect. Just like Weatherman, but way more accurate. So if you like to pick games, or you simply just want to be in the know before anybody else, you are in the right place. Enjoy the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Thanksgiving. Welcome to probably the greatest time of the year with obviously the holidays, but also a plethora of football and basketball, which means a plethora of things to talk about here on the Sports Forecasters Podcast. I am your host, Nathan, and we have Nick here as well. How's it going? Yes, it is an exciting week coming up. We have rivalry week coming up. We have Thanksgiving games, which hit or miss on those sometimes. But NFL season well in bloom, as well as college football looking to secure spots going into their conference championships. Nathan, where are we heading first? Yeah, so let's just stick with college football. Um, let's let's stick with our forecasting here. So the latest slate of college football rankings are out and this is probably the first time where I'm like yes you know I I agree with these I really like where they put them and so if you don't know top six here are Georgia's one Ohio State's two Alabama's three Cincinnati's four Michigan's five and Notre Dame is six so this is what I foresee Nick Really, we're getting down to the wire here, and there's only so many outcomes you can get at this point. So if Georgia wins out, I feel like Bama at best is maybe fighting for a four seed. That's at best. If Georgia blows out Bama, I don't think they're fighting. Bama's fighting for a four seed. They're probably out. The winner of Ohio State-Michigan's 99.9% chance going to get in because they would go on to win the Big Ten Championship as well. So you got Georgia, assuming they blow out Alabama, which I think they will. And then you got the one over Ohio State, Michigan, probably number two. At the end of the day, I think Cincinnati's sitting at three and a team like Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State is grabbing that four spot. I think Bama, at the end of the day, is going to be on the outside looking in. ACC is going to be out. Pac-12 is going to be out. The Big 12, I still think, has a fighting chance to get in. But I think Notre Dame has a really, really good shot as long as Georgia blows out Bama to grab that number four seed. Notre Dame, they had a pretty slow start to the season, right? But they still won. And the only team only team they lost to the entire year was Cincinnati, where they only put up 13 points. They've been averaging well over 40 points here in the last several games. They only put up 13 points to Cincinnati. And so I know a lot of people out there saying Cincinnati doesn't really have all those style points that we're looking for. 
Um, they're not blowing teams out, yada, yada, yada. But in my opinion, Notre Dame has been their style of points the last several weeks. With their key victory over them early on in the year and seeing Notre Dame destroy and demolish everybody, um, they demolished Wisconsin, who hasn't lost a game that I'm aware of since that Notre Dame loss. Um, and Notre Dame destroyed them, and then Cincinnati destroyed Notre Dame. And, you know, it's just, and they haven't lost since. So even though maybe Cincinnati isn't quote unquote putting up style points for the committee. Notre Dame and Wisconsin are for them because of Cincinnati's victory over Notre Dame and Notre Dame's victory over Wisconsin. But at the end of the day, these style points that they're looking for, it's so... I I don't know if it really exists because let's look back at some of these games. You know, they... um, Tulane, right? They, They get past Tulane by a touchdown or, you know, a little over a touchdown. Um, how quickly we forget that Tulane only lost to Oklahoma by three points. And here Oklahoma could be two wins away from being in the college football playoff. Um, Also, Tulsa was only down three points in the fourth quarter to Ohio State, who kind of looks like the best team in the nation right now outside of Georgia. So those games against Tulsa and Tulane where they won by what? at least eight points in both situations, not being blowouts and being style points for them, I think is a little bit of, um, I don't think that's really um, something that they should be expected to do, given the fact of how well those teams played against Power 5 conferences. And at, at the end of the day, as I stated before, they beat Notre Dame, and Notre Dame is sitting at number six right now. Um. Ohio State hasn't beaten a a team that's higher than six. Neither has uh, Georgia, right? Cincinnati has. And I think that's what separates them and gives them a deserving spot in being the first non-Power 5 conference to break that top four barrier. And ultimately, they're probably going to get in at the end of the day as as they take care of business because the people behind them and the people in front of them are going to start to cancel each other out. And so... I'm forecasting Cincinnati is going to be in this thing, and I think they could be a number three seed, actually. So that is my take. It would be awesome to see Ohio State versus Cincinnati first round of the college football playoff, especially for us and all of our friends and family who are, you know, here in Ohio, raised here, living here in Ohio. be a really, really cool game. Anyways, what are your thoughts, and what do you forecast there in the college football playoff? Forecasting everything goes the way that things look, they will. Alabama just... Being a two-loss team, I don't see a way for them to be in. Everything points towards Ohio State and Cincinnati playing each other in that first round with your fourth team potentially being Notre Dame unless they falter down here, down the stretch. So those are the four I foresee coming in. Georgia, I think, will take care of business. Alabama is good, but not quite the juggernaut we're used to seeing with them. So it's going to be interesting to see how this comes out. Ohio State-Michigan State. Game is going to be the big tipping point for those two teams. It's going to allow one to be in this playoff or have the other one be in the be the bowl game representative for the Big Ten. Well, they won't get a B because they won't be in the conference championship game, which is unfortunate, but is what it is. So, yeah, not a whole lot to add on to what you said. I think you did a great job of breaking it down, Georgia. I think 
unless they really stumble at that SEC championship game, should be there as one. And then Ohio State, assuming they win against Michigan, two. Cincinnati, three, because of Alabama losing, presumably in the SEC game. And so Notre Dame, after all of it, has a very good shot of jumping in there because currently the committee has them ranked at six. But that's why we play the games to see what happens with those. But that would be my early guess on what's happening just because with Notre Dame not having a championship game and that kind of plays in their favor in terms of not having any stumbling blocks down the stretch. Yeah, I think you just got to watch out for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Um, because Oklahoma State here could be a, a number 10 seed Oklahoma and then go and beat Baylor in the Big 12 championship. And they're only one seed behind Notre Dame. I just wonder if the committee will have them jump Notre Dame if they win those two games and potentially make the college football playoff. So I think that Big 12 team is is a sleeper and you just got to watch out for them jumping somebody because between Oklahoma state, Oklahoma and Baylor there, they're all kind of in that top 10, top 12 region. So those will be some key wins for them. Yeah. And that might be Notre Dame's Achilles heel at the end of the day where they may be look outside looking in. So we'll have to see there, but anyways, that's, that's the college football playoff. That's how we foresee it going. And we're curious what your guys' thoughts are, but, uh, we're really hoping for an Ohio showdown here. And at the end of the day, I want to see Ohio State offense versus Georgia defense. That That's a matchup I want to see so bad. So I'm hoping for that in the national championship. All right, let's move on to some NBA. And not really um, basketball-related, but uh, unbasketball-related um, incidences happening. More like boxing incidences we all saw the LeBron James, um, Isaiah Stewart, a little tussle that they had a few days ago. Um, it resulted in suspensions uh, and a lot of controversy around this. At the end of the day, Nick, what are your thoughts on this? And what does it mean for the NBA? What does it mean for the Lakers um, seeing this and seeing this suspension? For the NBA, it's not going to mean a whole lot, I think, in this grand scheme of things, of like how things go and how everything's approached, because you have these scuffles every now and then, maybe not drug out as long as this particular case was, but in the NBA, you have those happen. You have tensions flare. Surprising it's this early in the season. We haven't even had 20 games in the season where we have these little spats or whatever, but again, it happens in the NBA. It's not something uncommon, so... Not completely surprised that something like this happened. Happening with LeBron and the Lakers, I think that's a telling sign of where they're at right now. They are a team just trying to find something, trying to grasp at straws, and it just shows their desperation right now to try to get this together. They're not in a terrible spot in terms of standings. Like I said, no team has played 20 games, but for this to be the igniter for team members on the Lakers saying, yeah, this is going to get us motivated to do stuff. You guys are supposed to be high caliber players in the league. Not everyone on their team or roster is now considered the top of their position, but now you're still considered very good. Your team was considered very good by many individuals, myself included. I had you ranked a decent spot at the beginning of the season, but if this is what's going to ignite you and get you going, I think there's more problems with you than what all of us are seeing right now. I think there's a lot of chemistry issues. I think there's a lot of things that are not going well for you. And 
you may be closer to the bottom of those rankings. I guess my big take out of this whole situation is the Lakers are in a bit of disarray. They are similar to the Lakers where you had Dwight Howard, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant together, like a team that everyone thought was going to be really good, but maybe they're not going to be. Maybe they just can't gel. Maybe those personality types or play types just won't work well together. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking if this is going to be the thing that ignites you, you're not a championship caliber team. You need to be focused on basketball. What are you seeing, Nathan? Yeah, this is a whole lot of, um, let's say, old talents that are seeking one thing and to ride the tails of LeBron James and get that, and that is a championship ring. But this whole tussle thing, I think it's a, I think we're making it something, but it's a really, really whole lot of nothing, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think the reason it's such a big deal was one, because of a lot of the, for some reason, Isaiah Stewart bled a lot, <laughs> which looking at the video, I'm just surprised how much he bled. Um, and number two, the um, Isaiah Stewart's reaction afterwards, how, how often he wanted to attack, which, um, you know, he's being held back and then he'd attack and being held back and being attacked. Right? I think that's what made this kind of blow up a little bit more. And then obviously because LeBron's involved. But the reason I don't think there's a whole lot of anything, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not one here to defend LeBron too much, um, but I'll defend him here. I really don't think he did this on purpose. Um, I don't think he was trying to be dirty or anything. He he's been playing this league for almost twenty years, and that's the one thing he's not. He he he, he flops, right? He he likes to flop and put on a show in that way, but he doesn't try to sneak in dirty blows and dirty hits. I've never seen that in LeBron. I don't believe he's ever been suspended before for a, something like this on an encore altercation, like a, a blow to the face or punch. So. I think, you know, his reputation, his history kind of show like, yeah, this might have been an accident. That's kind of what I saw from the video. I, I think he was kind of annoyed by Isaiah Stewart hanging on him and he swung his arm to get him off just out of annoyance, not out of aggression or out of violence or anything. But I think sometimes LeBron is, is he's so strong and he's so big that that just a, just the swing of the arm to get someone off of him is could be kind of a very bloody mess. Um, and that's kind of what I think of this when I, when I saw this play, I just think he was just like, get off of me, you know, and he's just annoyed. And, and it kind of goes for the whole entire season. As you explain, it's just like, that's kind of how the Lakers feel about this season. It's just like this, this losing bug or this uh, non chemistry bug that's all in them. It's just like, get it off of me. Like, I'm just, I'm sick of this. I'm annoyed with how we're playing, you know? And, you know, if they're if they're winning and doing well, that's probably this probably thing doesn't really happen um, because they have a completely different mindset. So LeBron hates losing; he's not used to losing, um, and so the this team needs to figure something out, like you said. And does this spark them? I don't think so. I think this is this is silly stuff. Um, I think it's way deeper than this. I think it's uh, a bunch of a bunch of stars that wanted to join LeBron thinking, oh, LeBron's going to give us a ring. It's like, well, there's a reason you guys are are don't have rings because probably you're not either talented enough or not putting the work in enough. And you can't just expect LeBron James to do it for you. You have to, you know, you got to pull your weight. And so um, we'll see how this plays out. But I think this is 
a whole lot of nothing trying to be made something into a story, which, you know, LeBron's suspended, so that's going to be a story. Um, but I truly do think it's an accident. I, I heard I heard a report that LeBron actually try, was trying to get Isaiah Stewart's number so he could talk with him and kind of explain to him, like, dude, I didn't really mean to do this. I'm, I'm sorry it turned into this. Uh, that was not my intention. So, and I... I I don't believe LeBron much, but I do believe him in this situation because he his reputation does say he's not a dirty player. He doesn't really do these things. So uh, I guess that's my take. And regarding the Lakers, like where they're they're going, yeah, they. I think LeBron has his mind on a lot of things outside of basketball. Um, ever since he moved to LA, I think he's got his life beyond basketball. He's been thinking about that's been growing stronger and stronger. Um, obviously, he's got his his head into politics um, at times. Um, I think that could be a distraction. So um, he's very unlike Kobe where it was all basketball and nothing else. So anyways, that that's kind of where they are health wise in the Lakers organization, but there's a lot of great teams out there in the West. And um, I'm curious to see how they end up stacking up at the end of the year. Time will tell if everything stays where it is when we revise rankings or Will teams be sliding down? And some will, some won't. We'll just have to see how that breaks down. Moving on, we're going to go into our picks. So for our picks, the sun, the Saturday night game is Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. Nathan, what's your pick for this game? So I have Oklahoma State winning this game. Uh, I think they're way better than Oklahoma. Oklahoma is the worst one-loss team in the nation. So I got this like a 29-23 sort of game. So with 50 and a half as the over-under, and I'm like basically right at that. Um, I'm going to pick the Oklahoma State minus the four points in this game. Um, I It's at Oklahoma State. Um, so in college football, that's huge. And um, obviously with this rivalry, that's huge. So um, I'm, I'm going to stick with the Oklahoma State minus four. Yeah, I'm going to go with the same way, Oklahoma State, minus four. Moving on to the NFL, our unwritten rule amongst us is we don't go with Thursday night games just because of the release of the podcast. So that takes out a good slate of games. So going into the slate of Sunday and possibly Monday games, Nathan, what are you looking at for your spread pick? Yeah, I'm going to pick the Colts plus two and a half against the Buccaneers. Colts one of the hottest teams right now in football. Jonathan Taylor making a push for um, offensive player of the year, in my opinion, probably not the MVP um, because the Colts haven't been the most successful team and he hasn't been consistently good all year, but he's making a late push for offensive MVP, putting up five total touchdowns last week. Insane. Buccaneers are, um, they haven't won a game against the spread on the road. Um, Definitely not as road favorites, let alone on the road itself. Indy's being playing hot. Bucks have struggled lately, especially defensively. They have a really good rush defense. I'm really curious to see how the rush defense goes up against Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but I like Indy plus two and a half, uh, and it's going to be a close game. Yes, uh, definitely a matchup I kept eyeballing and looking at it and seeing what I want to do with it. And I'm, I'm just leaving that one alone. I'm going to look at the division rivalry of the Eagles and the Giants. Eagles have been looking very good with their run-heavy attack, while the Giants on Monday night looked meandering at best. And so looking at this matchup, I'm going to be looking at the spread. The spread 
has been three and a half set at three and a half in the Eagles' favor, and I feel like based on history, three out of their last eight matchups, the game has not been decided by three and a half points. Giants are looking to find an identity. They're not sure what they have with Daniel Jones anymore. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to get an 80-plus yard run and then stumble before the end zone in this game. I think the Eagles hold serve and cover that three and a half. Over and over under. For my over under, I'm looking at the Titans at the Patriots. Titans at the Patriots. Patriots have been on a defensive tear as of late. Granted, it was the Falcons one week, but the week before it was the Browns. And since the Browns scored that one touchdown, they have not allowed a touchdown and have scored uh, 71 or 70 points. Excuse me, have scored 70 points. So, what holds up this week? Well, Titans, since they've lost Derrick Henry, just don't have much of an identity. They have to keep the games low scoring to win because they do not want to be in a shootout. Neither do the Patriots. So, the over under is at 44.5, and, and I am saying this game goes under. What game are you looking at for the? Over under Nathan. I'm looking at the Jets versus the Texans, um, two of the worst defenses in the league, um, and I'm going to pick the over the 44 and a half. I think this is very low. Uh, Tyrod Taylor back with Houston. I I think this brings a little bit of life to the Houston team. Um, and then Joe Flacco, I thought he played pretty well. Um, oh, I think they're getting Zach Wilson back actually this weekend. So um, I guess with those two things in mind, um, getting Zach Wilson and Tyrod Taylor back, their original starting quarterbacks against you got two of the worst defenses in the league. I think these offenses, both of them find a little bit of spark. And I don't know, you might have a little bit of a, a shootout here with some pretty bad teams. So um, I, I think I, this is, I'm pretty confident in this over here, 44 and a half of the Jets and Texans. Moving on next to the money line. Money line pick for this week. Nathan, where's your money line going for this? I'm going with my, my Miami Dolphins here. Um, they are dogs by only one point, but um, they've won three in a row, looking to make a four in a row. Going up a Carolina team that's, Used to be really good defensively, has really taken a few steps back. Unlike Miami, who has originally taken, was really bad defensively and now has been one of the best defenses in the league last couple of games. Um, Carolina's looking like the Carolina we expected. Miami's looking look, looking like the Miami we expected uh, at the beginning of the year. So uh, I, I think this is a, I don't think this is a very even matchup. So I really like Miami in this game um, to upset the Panth- Panthers. I'm riding the momentum of a team that played on Sunday, did enough to make sure they won, did it smart to make sure that the other team did not get the ball with any time left, and that's the Minnesota Vikings traveling to San Francisco. I have them pulling out the upset against the 49ers. 49ers have been looking better, but when push comes to shove, I have more confidence in the Vikings receiving core and Dalvin Cook over the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the receivers that of Debo Samuel. Ayuk and Kittle. Next, Sunday night football. Sunday night football, we have the Browns going to the Ravens. What are you looking at for this one, Nathan? So, I need to um, catch up still, I believe. So, I'm, I'm still several points behind you. So, I'm going to pick the money line here to get for my two-pointer. Um, I'm going to pick Cleveland the one straight up in this game. Lamar Jackson was sick last week. So, i got to keep that in mind. Um, he's probably going to be back this week, but... Will he be 100%? How many reps did he get with the first team? This and that. 
I know Baltimore has a good record, but a lot of these wins are super close. Um, they could easily only have three, maybe four wins um, instead of the six or seven that they have. Cleveland historically have played them well, um, has been as their defense has played Lamar Jackson well. So I keep that in mind. And then just looking at spreads and trends, Baltimore's home favorites hasn't really done that well this year against the spread. Uh, Cleveland as away underdogs have done well against the spread. So I think Cleveland has a chip on their shoulder. They People act like they just lost to the Detroit Lions, but we forget that they actually won and they're in playoff contention. And they know how big this... They still have two games against Baltimore. And these games are, are ginormous for Cleveland. I think they're more ginormous for Cleveland to win than for Baltimore to win. So I, I think all this put together... I, I do like them as a sleeper this week and um, pulling off this upset. I have for the Browns and Ravens, uh, two teams that are hard to predict on how they're going to look offensively. One week they look like world beaters. Other weeks they just look like they're just struggling to get to get in field goal range. Defenses, Browns especially, have been up and down, maybe due mostly to injury, but still up and down nonetheless so for this one i'm going with the over under it's at 46 and a half i'm going to say over just being a sunday night football game i think whoever's going to win needs to make sure they're staying ahead of the other team the other team's going to keep responding so that's what i'm looking at for it i'm going to go 46 and a half and i'm saying the teams are going to go over that moving on to our wild card pick nathan what are you seeing for your wild card pick I'm picking another money line, underdog money line here. I think this is a week where we're going to see a few of them. So, like I said, I need to catch up. So, I'm picking Jacksonville to beat Atlanta straight up this week. Um, Atlanta, both teams really, really struggling. But Jacksonville's coming off the bye. So, I think with a very struggling team, to come off a bye is very beneficial for you because... Um, you allow your players to rest. Um, you allow your players to mentally get back and focused. Um, you're given an extra week to study film and to prepare. That's always good for a struggling team. So I really, really like Jacksonville to just be have a better game plan, be more prepared mentally and physically uh, for this game. And so I know it's in Atlanta, but Trevor Lawrence, he's played a few games there in Atlanta in his college days. He knows that area well. He knows the field well. It's not like it's a foreign place to him. Um, he's played a lot, a lot of games there in his college days. So he has that familiarity for him. Uh, I, I just like Jacksonville here to win this game. My wild card pick this week is looking at the Chargers at the Broncos. I'm going to look at the spread portion of this. When these teams have played each other over the last eight times, only two of those times have been decided by less than three points. The line is at two and a half in the favor of the Chargers, and I think the Chargers do win this. Um, that Steelers game was a little shocking, but I think they learned from that. Broncos have been up and down with how they how their offensive output looks. One week they beat Dallas, next week they get just slaughtered. And so after that bye week, yes, Broncos have the favor in terms of rest, but I think the Chargers end up winning by more than two and a half. Those are our picks for this week for the NFL Week 12. Three games are off the slate of the Raiders and Cowboys, the Lions and Bears, and the Saints at Bills, which Bills are interesting in how things are going for them. 
Will they get course corrected or will the Patriots end up taking the AFC East? That might be something we have to look at for next week. But for today, this ends the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. You've been listening to the Sports Forecasters. He's Nathan Singer. I'm Nick Alvarez. We'll see you next time.